You're listening to the Slavic Literature Pod, your shelf-help guide to all things Slavic. I'm Cameron Lolana. And I'm Matt Garrisonovich. And today we're covering part one, chapter 13 of Vasily Grossman's Life and Fate. And uh, this chapter, we return to the drama of Troikov's, the aftermath of the bombing of Troikov's bunkers uh, with General Yermenko finally crossing the Volga to go see his old friend uh, for a very unfulfilling visit. Only took him three days to do it. Dedicating three days to getting getting over to see his buddy. But um, let's talk about why Yermenko goes, because on one level, it kind of seems obvious, but how their reaction or how their interaction then plays out is is important. So do, let's, where do you want to start? Well, I I feel like may as well start at that point, because I think that's a, an interesting one that we have in this chapter, which is why people do things during war. And there is on one level, uh, some practicality to some actions, but this chapter is not about practicality. This chapter is simply about morality. As as the quote says, there was a very real human and moral necessity for it, for this visit. And it's not to look at where the it, it doesn't have the same sort of pressing theoretical backing as War and Peace of like the, you know, these like points on a map because you know where everybody is because they're fighting over what is a really, really small area of the map. So they don't need to go check out who is where. They know who is where based on the gunfire and just by literally seeing each other. So that point cannot be overstated, right? There's no theoretical where is everybody. Same spot the whole time. Sometimes they go forward, sometimes they go backwards, but everybody is in largely the same spot, fighting over the same hills and rivers and buildings and everything. Uh, so this is this is merely about the human need of, you know, connection and just that sort of intangible aspect of kind of what it means to have relationships with with people. But he ultimately doesn't really seem to be able to fulfill this this relationship in this chapter uh which is something that you know we can talk about why yeah absolutely i think that's uh, well that'd be maybe a good moment to contrast against this opening because we've got at the beginning yermenko who spends three days trying to get across the river and uh, we should remind you that at this point the germans are paying close attention because if they're able to cut off access across the volga that's it for the last defenders in stalingrad so most people who are crossing these three days and these three days of attempting to rebuild that connection most of them are dying that's why he's having to wait three days, doing frankly nothing else, before he's finally over to make it over to talk to Chuikov. And as soon as he gets there, he's annoyed. He feels like a guest, and that's also something worth paying attention to. But when he talks to Chuikov, uh, they, after a short conversation, have this moment where they appear to be, as the narrator describes, about to talk about the actual meaning of what they're doing of this battle in Stalingrad, but they are unable to voice that. There's this tension here that's not only from that, unable their inability to talk about what's really important, but also even... Uh, Yermenko feeling, seeing that Choykov understands the reasons that he maybe won't even admit to himself that he came to see Choykov, and that fact annoys him, which, you know, that that the fact that it's just because he cares about a friend or about a subordinate or whatever he is to them, and that very fact, like, annoys him. So they are never, despite this, like, very dangerous crossing, they're unable to really have a, a conversation of meeting, which is fascinating how those days could be consumed by that moment of 
I don't know if you want to call it weakness or inability to cross that gap or men just not being able to talk about their feelings, whatever it is. I think part of it uh, has to do with this sort of formality of being in the military and the sort of rank. And Yermenko should theoretically be able to provide his subordinates with, with something. Um, and he knows that he should be there for some moral human need, but he's not able to really accomplish that. And there's this line that says, he knew now that this people's war was beyond his understanding and outside of his power. This was perhaps the highest understanding of the war he was ever to reach. And this is kind of a Kutuzov type approach to war, which is, I don't know. And, <laughs> you know, just to, just to be able to admit that to yourself is a, considered a high understanding, a high level of understanding of warfare, um, which is kind of to say that you don't, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, he, he kind of realizes that he himself is not going to be able to turn the tide of the war. And that sort of leads into perhaps this this conversation, which uh, him and Tolstoy also in Anna Karenina, there's, there's a scene of Varenka and Sergei who are kind of, there's this almost like this love scene that almost happens and this this love plot that almost happens, but it's always forgotten about. And I I guess that's fair because it's a it's a long book and there's a lot that happens. <laughs> and in kind of like in this, it's it's sort of almost just a um, it's a side plot. It's it's one moment that could have happened. It didn't necessarily have to happen. And I think nothing would have been worse probably than being Tolstoy or Grossman's kid because there's no oh you'll get him next time, pal. It's no that moment <laughs> has vanished. You're never gonna get it again. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess here you scale it up to the level of uh, uh, sort of human relation during war. Sure. And it, I don't know. It's it's not that it's like the ultimate moment that had to happen and everything has now failed because of it. But it's just an example of one moment that could have happened, but it, but it didn't. And Grossman chooses to, to zoom in on that and highlight that for us. So actually, I think this is a good place to bridge into a comment from Discord user Leia, who says, The rundown for chapter 13 highlights uh, parallels between this passage and a conversation in Anna Karenina, where two people almost get at the heart of something essential in themselves and the situation they're in. So here with Troikov and Yaramenko, I always think that is the most heartbreaking thing depicted in literature and film, when two people almost say what they mean, but don't, and the opportunity will never come again, which is, you know, as, as you've covered, right? A moment, a brief moment, not essential, but one of those things which defines, nonetheless, a course of a relationship for two lives. The problem is that it it sort of... It's not sort of this uh, love gained and then love lost. It's sort of situation. It's more of... um, It, it never happened, and both people know that it didn't happen. And I, I think we've all had these moments where then the relationship with that person is kind of... It's altered a little bit. And, and you both know it, and there's the, kind of this level of tension and unease that may set in that may prevent sort of you know other other things from happening in this relationship whatever that may be romantic or not um and that's just i don't know it's a very when we're talking about things that grossman perceives and writes about this is a good moment for me of uh his perceptiveness that i enjoy evidently because we're sitting here talking about it every single night <laughs> you thought we batch recorded these no every single night what we should have done is we should have invented listeners and we should have, uh, sure. we could have just came up with what their comments would be and then we could have bash recorded it as if oh. they had been live. Now that would have been genius. 
That would have been good. Well, next One time we'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Going from there, I wanted to go to the other, uh, another comment that kind of struck me today, which is from Discord user Daniel, who says, uh, in another quote in this chapter, we read, it seemed they might begin the one conversation that really mattered about the meaning of Stalingrad, as we've been talking about. And I read meaning as a synonym for meaningfulness or importance. Discussing this could have been a much needed morale boost for Troikov, as demonstrated by what he truly feels, but leaves unsaid. For example, Troikov wants to ask about a counteroffensive, but is worried and about coming across as physically, and then in parentheses, and spiritually, depleted. After the failed conversation, he was indeed upset and not without reason, given the loss of troops and ground during battle. Which is a great point from Daniel. I also want to add on there that not only is Troikov not asking about what he wants to ask about and feeling and left annoyed by that, uh, so too is Yeremenko actually planning such just such a counteroffensive or a counterattack at least, and also cannot bring that up. So not only is it just, oh, there's a mutual thing here, there is something that both of them know and know needs to be discussed, as kind of you were talking about, Matt, right? And yet they can't bring that up, even as something as simple as the battle itself, because what do we do next, right, then necessarily kind of answers the question of how important is what we're doing here. And they are unable to connect on that. Sure. And that's not really what you would expect or want, perhaps, from commanding officer and his <laughs> subordinate soldiers. Right, for sure. Yeah, it would not be not uh, not ideal, not great. Yeah, you would think that uh, open lines of communication would be the things that win wars but in fact it's not it's a sort of internal unspoken understanding of what needs to be done that is spread amongst a large group of people uh, that sort of like instinct on what needs to be done is what is able to propel battles and turn ties and kind of keep people cohesive when everything sort of breaks loose so that, at least that's my understanding but uh, I, you know, never really been in much of a battle, so I, I wouldn't really <laughs> take my word for it. But I, I think this does go towards, again, Grossman's humanization of war, where you might have this pretty simple idea of, okay, you got the commander, they give orders, sure. the troops follow those orders. If they're good orders, you win. And I, that's why I think the, the use of Grossman's phrasing here, people's war, is really interesting. I think I mentioned this in the Discord, so for some of you, this might be a, uh, this might be a point you've already heard. Uh, I, you could, I think you could read past that as just like, okay, so you know, Sovietism the terminology, but I think it also is important as he's thinking about this war as a people's war, which simultaneously comes with him thinking, realizing that he is limited level of impact on this, which is that no matter how good his orders are, uh, you know, his troops might still might not lose because it's down to the each individual person, their individual actions in that moment to win or lose the battle. A bad order might be countermanded or might be won anyway. So despite these things, it is still the war of the people who are engaged with it. And um, I would just say just because it sounds like Soviet propaganda doesn't mean it's like untrue it can be propaganda and sort of generally true at the same time when your whole country is attacked i mean propaganda or not people tend to be uh usually people don't side with the invading forces i would say so yeah tends to rile up a, a country yeah no for sure and so right so talking about the way this is even the commanders themselves not only are the troops down at the bottom still have their own uh, control over whether or not the war is won or lost, you know, summed up a thousand times, even at the commanding level, it's still not a totally logical process where you have an order and you give an order, you both know needs need to be done. Even you are at the commanding level, just the same as those individual soldiers at the bottom fighting, making good or bad decisions that ultimately win that battle with good or bad orders. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's the same human drives are still present there. So 
Something yeah. we've talked about often. Yeah, I think now you yeah. make a point. At this point, if you don't get, I mean, uh, that's like, I think that's the underlying thesis of our podcast at this point, basically. So how often we talk about it between this and, and War and Peace. It's that you matter. And I think that's, I think that's a beautiful sentiment and maybe one that we can, we can leave on for the night. Absolutely. All right. Great. Well, we're coming back again tomorrow with something much less happy. Is it? No, I mean, but a- a- anything for this book, you matter is, I think, kind of a high point. Anything, even a normal chapter <laughs> yeah. is kind of a <laughs> drop off after that. Yeah. All right. Well, you'll hear from us again tomorrow. Happy or not, we'll be there. <laughs>